and welcome to another edition of The Dice Are Screaming. Oh, oh, oh. oh that was really horrible. Oh, <laughs> what happened there? I forget it. I don't want to know. But I'm Randy. I'm Mike. And we are coming to you live from the Autonomous Gaming Citadel, also known as Mike's Kitchen. So, hey, <laughs> hope you're having a good time. It's Friday. Can you can... smell what the Mike's got cooking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's complete, got bacon in it. Complete with the people's eyebrow. So, <laughs> but it's coming up on a Friday, so weekend. So hopefully, you got some gaming coming up, or uh, when you I know we do. Yeah. Oh sure. boy. Uh, and that makes it my favorite time of week, right before games start kicking off. Yep. So we're here cooking up some topic for you, and uh, we've had a good week. So uh, shout out to Frostoff and. Uh, Joe Richter of the Wheel or Woe podcast. Um, good job on your campaign on Froth on your uh, Night Blow. And uh, also, uh, Wheel or Woe just kicking butt over there. So you guys are always great. And it's always a good one to hear from you. But uh, in the meanwhile, we're just going to vent right into topic. Yeah, I, why not? We're just going to launch. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's what we do best. We... We hear the, the Midnight Cowboy of Gaming Podcast. Oh, so oh, dear. Yeah, I, I went there. Uh, yes, well, you know, uh, we are the off-brand of gaming. The one-ply trash bag. Yeah, one-ply. <laughs> one-ply toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, everything right through it. Yeah. It falls right out. There you go. That's us, the one-ply trash bag of gaming podcasts. No. Uh, well, yeah, tonight we want to talk about uh, accessories and, you know, uh, accessories as far as not just miniatures, but miniatures as well. We've talked about atmosphere and things you can add to the game, like uh, the senses that are out there now, adventure senses and uh, uh, candles, lightings and uh, handmade props, handouts that you give out for your campaign. Yeah. Those are all good for setting the tone and atmosphere, but... Uh, what we're going to also talk about is some commercially available things. Now, uh, I believe in the Atmosphere one, we talked about Serenescape. And I just can't speak highly enough of it. It is a great, great tool and it's affordable. Yes, it is a monthly subscription, but... Uh, yeah, we're, know, we're in the age of the app, okay? We're, we're in the age of the smartphone. Uh, Serenescape is eminently accessible. You, it's with yeah. you wherever you are. As long as you got signal, bam, you got sound effects and... Boy, do they have them in spades. Oh, yeah. They have uh, campaign-specific ones made for published modules or games now. You know, they've branched out far beyond D&D and Pathfinder to uh, all, all sorts of genres. So, you know, no matter what you're into, you know, Cinescape's got something for you to use. Plus, it comes with a soundboard. So if you just get a, a wireless speaker, Bluetooth that, and, uh, you know, you really don't need to download much, um, just beforehand, you get some wireless. That's about the only thing. But that adds a lot. And music is a big thing. We've uh, touched on that as well. So without further ado, we'll just get right into uh, the core of it, which is the biggest accessory for most gamers. And uh, it's been this way for a while. is miniatures. <laughs> yeah, number one with a bullet. Uh, and with their origins in lead, you know, we've, we've spoken of miniatures with great affection in the past. Uh, but... It's probably a DM's easiest and most accessible tool for visualizing the location of monsters in relation to players. It is just so 
much ease of access and mm -hmm. all the materials that you could possibly ever want are out there obviously uh more so now that a, a you know the nolsers marvelous miniatures and uh, whiz kids and there's just multiple outlets making terrific quality miniatures all over the place yeah and it's really come about it for a while there was a little bit of a drought of miniatures because metal is a little hard to work with but let's just say it um that miniatures they don't degrade you know additions change but your miniatures stay in the same condition so True. other than uh more detail and perhaps more uh dramatic poses miniatures still are um they are a heavy investment um not just being a pun there because they did start as lead and then they changed to this uh well they call it a uh, pewter based but Correct. it's not really pewter but we won't get into the details of that because it's really not specific, but they are metal. And metal is better in some ways for holding detail, but plastic and resin have come a long way. And uh, you yeah. know, with 3D coming out, uh, printers, Hero Forge uh, allows you to make your own custom miniatures for your player characters no more having to search for that one-legged dwarf, <laughs> you know, with the peg leg. Oh, uh, yeah, look, it, it's not like the old days, look. Plastic was the kiss of death. I mean, if you had downgraded to plastic miniatures, you were selling crap. Okay, it was it was nothing respectable was going on in the, the plastic miniatures mm -hmm. category uh, 30 years ago, um, or 25 or even 20. Now, resin has come into its own. It's amazing what they're able to do in terms of getting the composition to a point where your miniatures hold their shape, are resistant to harm, and accept paint onto their surfaces really well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a golden age moment again, where just terrific things are being done, and at a price point that doesn't send you to the poorhouse every time. Oh, jeez. Why? Why did I decide I was going to have the players fight skeletons and have it be a diorama battle? You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it broke a few DMs back in the days. There's no way I can afford that many orcs. Yeah. Well, you know, it is the theater of the mind. I mean, you can play Dungeons Dragons or role-playing games in different levels. And some work better, say, than others in miniature form. But nothing is better than visualizing combat in difficult-to-describe situations than a clearly drawn map with... Defined boundaries and obstacles placed in the way, even if they're just little scribbles on a dry erase map. You have the ability to really project, you know, what you're talking about and enforce the rules as they come to movement and cover very easily from the table, although it comes at a price. First of all, miniatures, you know, they require the patience of Job and a bit of investment. It's not uh, too hefty unless you're going really crazy and you know, you can, the sky's the limit on what you want to spend. And so having a budget, keeping to that helps a little bit, especially if you're a little frugal. And if you're really uh, breaking it down, you can just use counters and tokens. Oh, I yeah. mean, nothing, you know, says that you have to have painted miniatures. But having nice maps, uh, the flip maps that have come out from Paizo and uh, Wizards lately are really top-notch and they're reusable for a number of 
encounters. Oh, and they can be dry erase written on uh, for additional notation without doing any harm, easily washed off. I, I have enjoyed working with them. It is so much easier than uh, the, whoa, the, whoa, the times we had in, in days of yore when uh, we, we would actually print off uh, large graph paper uh, and then tape it together to make our own giant hex map. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just, wow, what a level of inconvenience it used to be. Uh, not so much anymore. Now, yeah, they've got these very reasonably priced products. Uh, you know, you can get more than one easily. Uh, you can go ahead, buy two or three, if you think you're going to be doing a larger scale battle. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need width for lined up uh, ranks of troops. But for most people, if you're doing room by room dungeoneering or uh, something a little similar to that, you only really need one set to scale with. Yeah, a nice uh, uh, square marked uh, grid uh, vinyl mat. Chessex makes a really nice one that's about yeah. uh, $10, $12 for a bit, just a nice little one that uh, fits on the middle of the table. You can use wet erase markers for uh, drawing in details as you go along. And that's fine. I mean, and you can go upwards. You can get the uh, pre-made uh, really... Uh, Handsome maps that uh, Paizo and uh, Wizard make, of course. But uh, going up there, uh, the sky is the limit. You can get into uh, Dwarven Forge 3D Resin Dungeon. And that stuff is expensive, but it is very nice to look at. I mean, nothing evokes almost a full tactile experience with both sight, sound, and you know you got the speakers and lighting. Uh, people spend a lot of money and time uh, customizing these things into a, almost a surreal experience. And yeah. Then, and yeah. you can even get, like, uh, boards now that you can project maps onto on the table uh, that are electronic, and, uh, you know, you can change the map and move it as uh, the players move uh, deeper into the dungeon or into a different counter area, you know, instead of having to change it out. But all this comes... With uh, as much as I talk highly of Dwarven Forge, it requires a lot of setup time. Yes, okay, I've, I've seen these materials and you know been in a few games where they were brought out. Uh, superior quality. I mean, just the the convincing look of them is something that I have no qualms crowing about whatsoever. They they are just wonderful, impressive pieces of work. But you're right about the expense issue that to uh, to develop enough of a collection of the materials to craft uh, diorama-level uh, dungeon rooms and settings ready for play and not have it just be, you know, like uh, a special event. Like, okay, yeah, for the climactic box, boss fight, I've broken out this, which I have prepared in advance. Yeah. Now, that would be one thing. I, I think that's somewhat more in most people's affordable range. But to try to do the entire dungeon experience in it, that can be very price uh, challenging. Oh yeah, it's cost. Yeah, it's not cost effective at all. You can you can easily spend two three thousand dollars and just that's just touching the tip of it. You know you're, and I'm not trying to down target. I mean I love Dwarf Forge. I have a large collection, but you know it's not something you can just jump right into unless you have a large 
sum of disposable income, yeah, you're not going to be able to get that. There, there is going to be a capital uh, issue in that but, for a lot of folks. But that, again, yeah. you know, I, I got to mm-hmm. walk back to criticism because uh, you're not getting crap. You yeah, are, with that caveat aside, I mean, they make some quality it is, stuff. It is highly durable. Uh, also very, very attractive to look at. I mean, it's just well-made stuff, and it, it's proper dungeon setting. So yeah. uh, that's that's another terrific accessory that any game can make use of. And, I, I don't know, I'm going to wing it and go out on a limb here and say that the more art-minded of you out there, uh, there is no reason... You know, any any person who has built their own dioramas or done a few art classes or worked in paper mache, there are all kinds of opportunities for adding uh, accessorized items into your game that you made, uh, maybe out of less expensive materials uh, and a little bit of paint, you know? Yeah. So you can achieve many of the same effects they may not be as splashy as Dwarven Forge, uh, you know, lavish uh, dungeon setting materials, but uh, my goodness, uh, it is a theater of the mind, as you so aptly put, dude. It is a theater of the mind, and a little imagination goes a long way. It and it, you know, it also requires a lot of space, and it adds to your setup time. You know, to set up a dungeon like that, and you know, properly disguise it with. Uh, cutaway panels and stuff so the players don't know exactly what's behind that uh, shaded area. Also a worthy point, yes. And, and also taking it down. It adds, it does cut into your playtime. So, you know, if you do those things, just take them in, in consideration. If you're playing from your home and it's all stored away in nice, neat bins and shelving units, you know, that probably doesn't hurt. But if you're having to travel to a friend's house or, you know, you <laughs> rotate your game areas a lot, you know, it's probably not. It's probably better to have a rollaway vinyl mat from Chessex and some cardboard pawns and uh, some easily print out uh, tokens. Yeah, a little dry erase marker action. Yeah, and, and you've got the same experience. So you know, it's it is as much as you want to spend in it. But the whole thing is, is that accessories of that type do add to play. They do add a little time to it, and they do sometimes take away from that theater of the mind immersion. But they are well worth it, and they do cut down on some rules arguments, especially if you have a lot of players who are using cover and other such necessities during combat to enhance their uh, characters or the encounter. Or if you've selected an area that is somewhat crowded, as we've mentioned in the tactics discussions occasionally, if, if an area is somewhat crowded and the opportunity for fields of fire is limited, uh, there's nothing like having another player character in front of someone to remind them that, no, you may not fire the crossbow bolt through Bob's chest cavity and into the goblin chieftain. Oh, uh, but why not? You know, so, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bob will object. Yeah, and, so. you know, Bob plays a mean barbarian, so. He really and he has a long memory. Yeah. And holds grudges. <laughs> and has an axe. <laughs> if you plant that bolt in his back, make sure it finishes the job, or else. Yeah, when you take a swing at the king, make sure you hit. All right, uh, so it, I think we've del- uh, delved a little bit in miniatures, but uh, we will definitely be following that up with, I think, a live uh, cast sometime. Uh, oh, yeah, we'd like to display some of these materials in use, and, and we'll we'll live cast that uh, at some point. Yeah, not too distant here. We're trying to get uh, people together, and uh, as the season is, 
you know, it sometimes can get a little hectic in the spring. So, and also people have been sick lately. Oh boy, myself included. So, but uh, on the other accessories now, you know, uh, talking about things that enhance your game, um, we've talked a little bit about sound, but the effect of lighting is another point where, as we talked in our earlier episode about atmosphere, it can be overdone. Yeah, it, it you can go a little too far with this if everybody's in a dark room. Uh, you know, and they can't see their character sheets and the dice rolls or, you know, dice hit the floor and, you know, people have to pop open their uh, smartphones, to turn on the lights, you know, you, you start to lose that a little bit. So you need to kind of understand that sometimes just having different <clears throat> lighting effects. I played a Underdark uh, campaign or, well, a scenario under black lights with uh, miniatures painted with phosphorescent paints. Ooh. And uh, sweet, yeah, it was trippy, and uh, also the the, the uh, all the terrain was painted in that day glow stuff, so it changed colors. Ooh, and so that really evoked the, the creepiness of the grotesque, uh, shiny fungus. Yeah, all right, yeah. That oh, oh um, here is a consideration I, I I almost forgot about. It's not a thing that you think about all the time. Uh, space is a consideration for a lot of gamers when they get multiple people at the same table. Okay? Oh, yeah. Table space can wind up being at a premium. One of the things I've seen come out recently that I, I just thought was a nice leap forward was the kind of uh, dice tower where you drop your die down into the top and it lands in a little felt area at the bottom and it, it's just narrow, mm -hmm. not a foot tall, uh, no frills, and it doesn't suck up a lot of your, your space as a player, and it further guarantees that your dice aren't flying every which way. The <laughs> thing which all those of us, from the dawn of gaming, uh, we have chased down dice under couches, you know, in other people's houses uh, <laughs> for years. You know, that was just, uh, it comes with the territory. It's one of the things you just, you take the bad with the good. And now, of course, here are these terrific accessories that... And honestly, uh, I've seen a few that were homemade. Just uh, somebody folded some cardboard and slapped a little tape on it and created their own. Uh, this is a thing that I, I cannot help but approve of. Yeah, actually, Target was selling some small uh, little dice rollers. Really? So, yeah, I got one. Uh, my wife picked them up. Oh, that's it. Now we're officially cool. Yeah. Target is selling stuff for us. Yeah, they had little... Uh, uh, square gridded um, paper with them, and it said, uh, "Choose your adventure." Oh, so you know, had a little hexa <laughs> had a, a little square uh, paper, so with it. So yeah, um, it's becoming a lot more uh, chic these days, and I think that also that adds to the availability. But let it be said that uh, roll balls and dice towers they can help uh, also. Uh, Maximize your gaming space, especially if you have a lot of people at the table or a tight space uh, in which to game, or it's close quarters. Those can help uh, define that as well. But, um, you know, uh, we're going to go into a touchy topic with some DMs. I'm going to steer this a little bit. Yes. Uh oh Yep. Laptops, uh, tablets, and smartphones. I mean, uh, apps now are out with spell books, compilations. Um, I use my smartphone for... Uh, just avoiding having to look through eight different books. But, uh, you know, uh, smartphones can be a distraction. 
Yes. Um, some people feel that uh, you should ban them. I don't think you should. Uh, well, and I don't think that uh, people it, having a laptop around, I mean, even though they're prowling through their Facebook and liking cat pictures, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as long as they're paying attention. I, and I think that uh, we're all adults here. We can moderate our time uh, responsibly. Yeah. If, if you're not teaching eighth grade, uh, then honestly, you're in a room full of people who are effectively your peers and equals. So, uh, you know, dictating terms that aren't absolutely essential to the game is probably a little inappropriate for a DM. However, there's a lot to be said for the distraction issue. Uh, it is problematic uh, when you have uh, six people present and you've got to chase down somebody's attention because they're, they're kind of like a butterfly flitting to and fro. Uh, when they come to the table, it's really attacked. on them. It, it's really on them to bring their A game and show up and be ready to like actually play. I'm, I'm not sure it's the DM's job to be a full-time life coach and pound <laughs> people, you know. Well, maybe I need one. Um, you know, and yeah, I got, I get what you're saying, man. That's... But but I'm I'm a corrosively outdated uh, <laughs> guy who look. I don't even have a smartphone. Okay, moment of confession. I don't own a smartphone. I have a old flip phone that is the shockproof military model, so that when I'm on work sites, it does not get destroyed, and it has served me very well. But there are certain limits to its usefulness. And the one upside is that I show up at game and I'm not staring at a computer screen. I am I came to game. That's what I'm all about. Uh, I can't imagine that I would be more focused by use of a cell phone uh, or a smartphone. I, I would imagine that I would be less focused. But with regard to being able to uh, pull data or spreadsheets, or charts, with great quickness, instead of the old-fashioned, like, let's haul out all six books and see if we can find that one passage. I gotta hand it to the computer. It kind of wins in this category. That's, yeah, that's, and that's where I'm at, is that there's a trade-off. I mean, if I have to yell at somebody every once in a while, that's one thing. If it's a if it's a constant issue where they're just not into it, then it's time to say that, you know, maybe, you know, it's not... Maybe this is not the game for you. Maybe this is the time to uh, just put it away for a little bit and only access it when you really need to. And, you know, but there are certain things like spreadsheets and character generators, Hero Forge, that make uh, storing and updating your computer a breeze, or character on a computer and uh, tablet or smartphone a breeze. So, you know, that that is one of the benefits. And so there's always, with any benefit, there's a trade-off, just like with miniatures or anything else. So before I come across as too crusty about it, unless it's an issue, I really don't say anything. And I think most of my players, although I know that occasionally when the play doesn't involve them, they find ways to distract themselves. It was no different with having a player constantly looking through a rule book or researching something else. It's true. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grant that one. I'm going to come down and just say, Distraction was present in other forms in times gone by. So what, whatever people may say about the new forms of distraction, there were always some distractions. And books were core among them. I mean... Dice stacking, too. And again, I feel triggered. Asymmetrical dice stacking. No human would do that. You know, just getting all your dice stacked up with the die four on top. That, that was pretty well. And then somebody would shove the table and the whole thing would fall over and the dice 
basement door everywhere. And then... Yeah, then inevitably her old Mountain Dew cans. Yeah. To brawl for it all, and the DM screen was uh, the DM's one friend at that moment because everybody else was holding the rule book up. <laughs> ah, whoa, jeez. No. Yes, yeah, uh, so the screen was more than just for rules and charts. <laughs> it was also for the DM's protection. Uh, Which brings us to the next one. Now, uh, one of the big things is Game Master screens have kind of become a thing, uh, a point of contention. Some people like them, some people say that uh, they serve a purpose, you know, they. Behind the screen, there is no boundary set like that of the territory of the DM. Woe to the player that trod behind it, unbidden. Yes. Now, <laughs> uh, we're both of the, you know, the, the old school. Old uh, school. And uh, the DM screen was just part and parcel. It came with the kit. Uh, I been on either side of it and you've been on either yeah. side of it so it, it was never a stranger or an enemy to us it was never a thing that we you know resented it just it didn't even occur to us that the game could be theoretically played without it yeah and it, and it certainly can so people say well i roll my dice out in the open and we've covered that in a previous topic i'm just going to touch on this here you can roll you can have a screen and roll your dice out in the open at the same time there's nothing to that guy. Wizards yeah. of Ghost were, uh, made a very nice castle screen that had little dice shoots in it. Oh. The yeah. Dispensing the dice out towards the player. Yep, yeah. Oh. One, one tower went out to the player, and the other tower, he dropped it down, and it came towards you. Nice. So. Yeah. I, I'm duly impressed. That's well thought out. Yeah, and uh, sells for pretty penny. It was a limited edition sort of thing, but uh, other people have made them, and... Uh, you know, there's a beautiful collection of handmade Game Master screens that I see that's coming in with woodworking and other crafting coming back to the floor, which I applaud. I mean, I'm I'm a crafty guy from a certain uh, bent of that mid-70s vibe where, you know, macrame and... Going to wood shop. And, yeah. And, you know. Uh, making just... stuff and working with your hands was part of your hobby, you know. And maybe you made a wooden bowl and, you know... You put some flipping fruit on it, and then later you threw the fruit out because nobody ate from it. Because who does that? <laughs> and yeah. or, or you you go down to the hardware shop, you get the really thin uh, wood boards, yeah, and you could laminate the pages that were specific to you onto them and hinge the boards. These little yep. slender nine by eleven boards, cut to spec, hinge them, and then laminate this stuff onto them and pow you know you you've got like an impromptu dm screen uh that you can do anything you want to the other side of it uh, muralize it if you feel like it but all kinds of stuff was possible back then yeah, and uh, it's starting to come back to the port which i really appreciate. now people are exercising that kind of creativity again because so many people are gaming which to me is just like a giant bag of awesome right and you know we talked this is where we're going to kind of wind it down and as we talked about Game Master screens, whether you like them or hate them, you know, they do add a little bit to the game. And, uh, you know, I think that they, are, they have their place, but uh, no, way, no way or form am I advocating that if you don't play with a screen, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, but, again, I, this is one where I'm willing to relent. Uh, if it works at your table, then it clearly works at your table. Well, again, okay, the golden I, rule we yeah. have is, are you having fun? Yeah, I mean, did, <laughs> did you and your players have a good time? Well, then far be it from me to criticize that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like mine. Uh, yeah. I, I 
don't mind being on either side of it. Uh, you know, DMing one day and then playing the next, uh, or, well, actually in the other order. I, I play on Saturdays and then I DM on Sundays. Uh -huh. uh, I've never really felt like I was completely shrouded. Uh, I, I like a certain amount of open dice rolling, uh, especially for high-tension moments. I like it to be right out in the open where people can see it, uh, and then just let the dice fall where they may. Uh, on trivial things like bulk opponent fighting, it's a lot faster to just go ahead and keep it all behind the screen, because I'm doing like six 20-siders at once. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking for a net aggregate. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm just looking for any of those large numbers that I'll actually have to calculate. Uh, oh, did I tell you about uh, the experiment I ran in my sandbox campaign on Mondays? I did not hear of this one. No, I ran uh, three sessions with no dice. I didn't let the players know. I mean, I had dice, but I just rolled them, and I didn't like them. Oh. I, everything, the monsters all rolled a 10. You know, the medium roll, and uh, the damage was an average aggregate. I like oh. that word, so I'll use it. Okay. So, so all the damage was just, you know, calculated from the modifiers and things like that. And I found that uh, not rolling dice, I began to use modifiers and seek them out a little bit more than I had before, because that was the only advantage I could accrue. But uh, I kept the damage, uh, track of the damage I was dealing out and each player took. And obviously, uh, what I found out is the players with the highest armor class were obviously immune to most of the monsters that they would face at a lower level, but the ones that were the most important that did damage to them were the ones that I wanted to have a paladin be uh, beset by mm. a devil and that had no problem hitting them with a 10. Oof, duh. Oh, diceless. Ooh, it sends a chill down my Yeah, I just wanted to see how it came out. So why don't we touch about, you know, the the vagaries of dice. I think that uh, we'll uh, put that in there. But, you know, try it sometime. It, it chills my blood, but uh, let's remember, of course, that uh, in the old school sense, uh, some tournament games were run entirely yeah, that's, without dice. that's it's what I wanted to kind of just see how that uh, actually played out. And the monsters that were the boss fights, obviously the paladin had no problem hitting the paladin. Or the uh, sorcerer with the mad, mad uh, boosted armor class. Yeah, you know. So just, these are things that are not without precedent. Uh, ooh, yeah, I'm not sure I'd, what what I'd do without my dice. I feel naked. well, right. And I would. I definitely wasn't doing it to uh, try to. I just wanted to see how it would play out, and it was about the, more or less the same. Oh, it's a little less on the uh, random it. side, but I can, uh, I can feel the chill down my spine. I, I better close the kimono. Oh, boy. Yeah, you better time double on now. Now, um, but uh, we want to close it out on accessories. We talked about some other things, but uh, candles, and especially the scented ones and the adventurous scentsies, we mentioned that in Atmosphere. Uh, Those can yes. never be uh, dismissed. Uh, scentsy, I guess, if you have a scentsy burner, um, there are some people now making uh, custom ones. Hmm. And uh, I have had the mispleasure of, or misfortune of having Orclair. <laughs> but a few and Dank Dungeon, but uh, a few of them are rather like the uh, Tavern and the uh, what was it? Um, <laughs> Unbroken. Oh, City Market. Stench. <laughs> the City Market was uh, quite invigorating. I oh. thought those were quite uh, nice. So that's another dimension to look at too, and that's another thing that uh, wasn't quite around when we were 
uh, younger. I mean, no. we had to, the scented candles we have are mom scents, you know, it's vanilla or pine. Or <laughs> so, we're in Richard Forest. Here, pine. Oh, I just smell pine. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, deodorized the room the teenagers were in. Uh, that was the scent of every candle. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, get the teen, you get the bunk of teen spirit out of there. Uh, exercise that teen spirit. <laughs> but uh, my wife makes a lot of uh, custom-made uh, dice bags now, both cloth and uh, crochet, although she's concentrating a lot on the crochet lately. Ah. Because those have been selling pretty well. And so dice bags, you know, yeah, they're one of those little uh, frivolous expenditures. Obviously, they don't add anything to the game, but make it handy for you to have. So uh, don't forget to... Uh, I still use the old Crown Royal. Yep. Don't, yep, don't forget those. And... Uh, you know, but let's not forget also dice. Now, man, dice have really, they're oh, still yeah. in the same shape. That's why we saved this for the last, okay? This the, the this is one that it's near and dear to the heart of every gamer, dice. Uh, now, I, I personally, the majority of the dice that I play with regularly are culled from many different sets of yore, and each, you know, die type is from an old favorite set. So you know, yeah. I have two or three favorite dice from different sets. So my my 20-siders tend to mostly be from the very earliest sets. Yeah, and they have some curious rolling patterns. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, old, yeah, old, old, old brownie, yeah, old, old brownie. brownie the mud die uh, came out in my, my expert set. And brownie the mud die is uh, well on its way to becoming actually round. I mean, it is it is approaching spherical uh, because it was not high-quality material at the time. It was uh, pretty cheaply made. So, you know, we're not talking Zochi level. Yeah, laser edge Zochi dice, but yeah, now they're coming out with aircraft and aluminum grade dice, which I picked up a set uh, last year at Gen Con. And boy, I can tell you what, man, those will put... You want to be careful about rolling those out in the open because... They can land on the floor, won't it hurt them. But uh, whatever they land on, unless it's really, really hard laminate uh, plastic, it's going to take a dent out of that. And even plastic, it starts to wear. So you do need a roll bowl or roll surface for those things. But uh, yeah. my Zochi uh, Game Science dice, I still have a nice set. Uh, I purchased a very large lot uh, couple years ago and uh, man you know I had I've always had some but they kind of float in my dice kind of uh, float and take hits from time to time <laughs> you know, some escape and others are added irrevocably um, but uh, you know dice are like literally not a craft industry and I've just been amazed at the quality and the variety I just stuff cast from uh, you know high quality metals. Uh, in, yeah, and resin plastics that are now specifically poured into uh, vacuum. Yeah, that, um, the that attention take, to detail is phenomenal. Yeah, and they come out perfect. And uh, man, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, what a time to be a gamer. So while there is plenty to spend your disposable income on, you know, dice, it doesn't matter if you have an old buddy set or whatever, they're going to roll the same numbers, what, what have you. But close, you know, <laughs> except maybe old buddy. Well, yeah, money tends to kind of wobble around a little bit. That's kind of fun watching it wobble around. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that one's it's, it's not strict legal. It's street legal. That that one is... Uh, it's street legal. Yeah. That, you know, that's kind of what you find in a back alley, you know, D&D &D pickup game, you know. Where you're over just at the Dice back. Chop Shop. Yep. 
Yeah. Like, Playing that. dominoes with a Dominican biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking mama wannas. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the type of dice you find there, but there's not too many <laughs> specifications. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to have somebody taking a pair of calipers to them to uh, compare the uh, exact edge and heel of them. But, hey, you know, uh, the time is right for gaming is at a high tide and uh, take advantage of this stuff. It's out there and, uh, you know, make your game fun. You know, have a set of dice for a boss fight. You know, and just roll them that one oh, time. yeah. Well worth it. I mean, bring it out only for, like, campaign enders and boss fights. Yep. Like, you know, the, the, the players only see, oh, crap. You know, like, it, you don't even tell them that the boss fight is about to happen. You get out the little black bag that has the special set just for boss fights and watch the look on their faces. Like, Oh, yep. yeah, it just got serious in here. <laughs> Things so, are about to happen. But, all right, I think we've uh, pretty well talked yeah. about some accessories. And uh, some some of our favorites. Yeah, so, uh, you know, whether you're using cardboard miniatures or using the high-grade uh, premium cast Hero Forge that are unique to your character, have fun with it. And most of all, remember, it's all about fun. So oh, very much. I mean, you don't know, go, fun don't, first, everything else takes a backseat. Yeah, don't let people, like if they have a... Painting miniatures is one of those special skills that you either like and develop or you don't. And, you know, you just basically, like, uh, I don't care what I use. And, you know, this uh, bottle cap's my fighter. Yeah, yeah. this is my, my bottle cap, Steve. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, hey, and a kudo out to the painting club. Uh, Sundays at... Perfect Storm Comics and Games uh, for spreading the love of painting miniatures because yep. a lot of people are intimidated uh, by the complexity of some of the paint jobs they see and they think I could never do that. It's not true. If you if you take the time and make the effort, you can. Even I did once mm -hmm. upon a time. I I did some pretty remarkable things. That that cleric scroll actually had tiny letters on it. Yeah. And <laughs> let me tell you, that was no picnic getting those on there. But uh, like anything, it only gets better if you do it. Yeah, you you just you practice, 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 uh, and relax. If something goes wrong, don't take it as the end of the world. Try again. Yeah. All right, then. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. But yeah. uh, again, if you have any comments or questions or things you'd like us to talk about or what we got right and what we got wrong, well, let us know. Here yeah. at The Dice of Screaming, we're equal opportunity on being criticized. We like to be criticized as much as we <laughs> criticize others. So. Our corpses can be maimed uh, at Facebook. <laughs> yep, on The Dice of Screaming. And you can also get a hold of me at Death Hand Gaming. That's D-E-T-H-A-N-D Gaming at Twitter. And Magi Vox at Twitter. Yeah, just let us know what you think. And, of course, may the dice yes. always, always roll in your, your favor. favor. We're out. See ya.